Welcome to Waypoint. My name is Blair. I do some of the teaching around here. And last week we started uh, a little mini series. And uh, we're picking up and talking about three ideas that have the ability to distort and warp our minds. They, they can mess with us. And so last week we started with rejection. And we said, man, rejection is a pretty common thing that happens in our world. It's so common you have to ask yourself, why in the world does God allow it? And we just kind of concluded, you know what? It's logical. You can't have choice. You can't have choice without rejection. Somebody has to be able to say, I don't want that. And so we live in a world where people make different choices. They have different values than you. They value you differently. And so we said, when this happens, we face these moments of rejections, and the only way to deal with it is to go through it, is to face it fully, is to take that before God and to find out what he values and to hear from him that you are valued instead of letting somebody who doesn't share your values set your course for life. We do that. We take these rejections in to our core, and they shape us. And God wants to be the one who does that. He wants to be the one that he hears that rejection, that sense of pain that you feel about that, and he finds a way to put you on a different course. Well, we're going to talk about a different one today that's similar and not. It's similar in that it's common. It's, it's going to happen to everybody. Probably has already happened to all of you. Um, you're going to need Jesus for this as well in a different way. Uh, one of the differences is I'm not, I'm not convinced it's purely logical. When I think about this one, it's more like, yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I understand why it's around. Because on one hand, I think there might be some purpose in this. God might have some plan for this in our lives. And on the other hand, I can show you in the scriptures where God can't stand it, hates it, and is going to do something about it eventually. So it's a complicated one. It's complicated too because sometimes it's purely physical. You experience this in a physical way, sometimes from just merely annoying to debilitating, and sometimes it's just emotional. Like there's no physical component in it whatsoever, but you experience it emotionally and it messes you up. Now here's what I know. I know God's long-term intention for this. If you go and look in Revelation chapter 21, verse four, he makes it very clear. It says he, God, will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. God has every intention of wiping out pain. It's gonna, it's gonna be gone someday. If you find yourself connected to Jesus and moving into the next life connected to him, you will experience a life without pain. And did you see all the other words that are associated with that? No more crying, mourning, death. There's pain that comes with that process, right? But this is a future reality. The, the reality right here, right now, 
I want to draw your attention to this because it covers it in the scripture right here. I don't know if you saw this in the second part of it, but it says that there's an old order of things. And it appears that pain is one of these things that's part of how the world is organized to work. How do I mean by that? Well, it looks like there's an orderly thing, way of things happening in our world. You do certain things, and what comes out of that, pain. Pain comes out of that. And again, it's such a horrible experience, you have to ask yourself, why in the world would God allow this? It looks like the world is, or, like he hates it, he's going to get rid of it, he's going to destroy it someday, we're not going to have to experience it, but for right now, it's the way our world is ordered. And you have to ask yourself, why? Well, I think, I think there's a couple reasons. Um, one of them is quite simply this. It appears to me that pain is given for us to reveal that something is wrong. Like, you experience pain and you realize, oh, there's something wrong, I should do something about this. So, uh, some of you know, um, I've told this story before, but I have a different angle, so hang with me. Uh, when I was younger, way, way young, um, I was tormenting my brother, my older brother, and he kneed me in the face. It was a righteous kneeing, I had it coming, okay? so. What I didn't realize at the time was that he damaged one of my front teeth. And over the course of decades, it, it was dying. And, um, and a couple years ago, it died, and I had no idea. I figured it out um, when I started having to um, bite into apples, and it hurt, and I was starting to eat around the apple, and I was like, maybe I should get this checked out. So I went in, and he was like, your tooth is dead. But there's a bigger problem. This tooth has been dead for a while, and because you didn't come in here, it started to eat away at your jaw. And I can't put an implant in there until I do a bone graft in your jaw to regrow the bone. Can I tell you, one of the first times in my life, I thought, I wish I had felt some pain. Like, I wish I had felt any kind of pain because it would have warned me that something was wrong and if I didn't deal with it, then I would deal with some consequences later down the road. Like, it could get worse. But I didn't have any idea. My jaw never hurt once. Can we admit that at least in this respect, pain could be a good thing? It, it alerts you that something's going wrong. Now, that assumes, of course that you'll do something about it, which is a terrible assumption. Uh, 15 years ago, I broke the first and only bone in my body. I was uh, playing, yeah, I was playing kickball with a youth group, okay? It's, it's not the most manly way to break something, but this is what happened to me. So we were inside, there's home plate, I'm coming in for home plate, and I'm running pretty fast, and I decide I'm gonna stop myself, and I jump up on the wall with my leg like this, and uh, I stopped, and I broke my ankle. Now, my body let me know something was wrong immediately. Like, it hurt, I could barely walk on it, it swelled up, and it turned black and blue, and, and 
Really, it was mostly black. It looked like my foot was trying to die and fall off. That's what it looked like. But here's the problem. I knew what the problem was. I knew that all I had done was sprain my ankle, and I decided to walk it off. Now, um, if you're asking, well, where was Tracy? This Tracy was not a nurse yet, but she did play the part of Dr. Quinn medicine woman in my life, and not the kind Dr. Quinn, this one. Like, like, she, like hey, I know what I'm doing. I know it's a sprain. Get off my back. I've got this, right? I hobbled around for two weeks like an elk looking to get picked off by wolves, right? Um, could barely walk on it. And after two weeks, I had this epiphany thought. I did not have a thought. I thought, oh, my wife could be right. I didn't have that thought. I had this thought. Maybe it's not sprained because the swelling wouldn't go down and the pain wouldn't stop. And it turned out I wasn't doing proper care for the condition that I had. I was walking around for two weeks going, ah, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, right? Some um, might call that stubborn. I am now using very different language to describe this. I am perpetually determined. That's what I see it as. And, um, and here's the thing. I'm not too worried about it because I am convinced that many of you are just like me. And uh, right now, right now, some of you are thinking about elbowing the person next to you or doing something. Don't do that. Like, don't touch them. I know you've already perfected this. Just give them the sideways glance that says, I told you so. Like, you know, you know what that is. Everybody has that. There's always, like, there's always one of you or more of you who do this. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. The pain that you experience in life is not all physical. There's a lot of emotional pain that you will experience. But we have used our physical pain to inform us as to how we will deal with our emotional pain, and it's a disaster. It's a disaster. We know what it is. We know why we're hurt. We're just going to walk it off. We limp around. We don't want to have a conversation about it. And all the while, what your, what your body was telling you is there's something wrong that needs to be addressed here. There's something wrong that you need to pay attention to. And instead of doing that, we do other things. We, we bury it. Like it never crosses our mind that something could be wrong that we should address and that's why we feel the way we do. And so we let it set in the center of our life and it causes problems. By the way, I just want to note, don't assume that this is always negative don't assume that this is a bad choice that you've made and because you've sinned or done something wrong, now you're in pain or somebody else did something in pain. This could be that you deeply loved somebody else and they passed and with that comes a sense of pain. That's, that's good. 
but it still tells you that that's something that you have to deal with. And too often, we bury it, we push it away. If we were honest, we fill up our schedules so that we don't have to hear or deal with the pain that we're dealing with. We avoid moments of silence. We've always got noise in the background. Why? Because I'm just going to tough my way through this because that's what I'm supposed to do. Who said? It doesn't matter what kind of pain it is. It reveals that there's a problem that you have to deal with. You have to deal with. So I think that's number one. That's the number one reason that I think pain exists. But here's the, here's the second reason. And we're going to go to a story for this. Uh, it's a difficult story. Uh, it's a story of Job. And in the story of Job, um, how it gets going, why it gets going, all of that is difficult. And we don't have time to talk about that. Here's what we can agree on. We can all agree on this. Job is in a lot of pain of every kind that you can think of. He's in physical pain. He's in emotional pain. He's lost all of his homes, and when those homes came down, his kids were killed. He lost all his wealth, gone. He lost his health. He's in a terrible condition. But at least he has a nagging wife, which is another form of pain that counts, right? She's like, why don't you just curse God and die? Hey, thanks for the support. This is really working out for me, right? Like, what do you get out of this? If you die, there's nothing left. It's like, what are you hoping for here? And yet, that was his life. And he had some friends who came to console him, and they didn't say many helpful things. One of them did. One of them said something, um, actually four or five chapters of stuff that was brilliant, and that God never countered and said, don't listen to that guy. And here's one of the things that he wrote. Um, this is Job 36, verse 15. This is something that he said. But those who suffer, he, God, delivers in their suffering. He speaks to them in their affliction. Did you understand? Did you know that when you have a moment of suffering, of pain in your life, that one of the things that happens is that it creates a space for God to move into to connect with you. He wants to. Like he's looking for that opportunity. In fact, listen, listen, this is beautiful. Verse 16, I love how this is put. He is wooing you from the jaws of distress. It's beautiful. To what? To a spacious place free from restriction. You're feeling crunched in it, and what he's trying to do is trying to move you to a place of freedom. That's what God wants. Now, I want to be real careful here. See, I do think it is possible. I think it's possible that you've experienced some pain in life because what God really wanted from you in that moment was your attention. Like, he, he didn't know any other way to get it. And can we admit, man, it's, it's really difficult in our culture right now to give God attention. Everybody is clawing at our attention. We have devices in our pockets right now that are screaming for us to go check it. 
Like it, our attention is leveraged all the time. But here's the thing. I think it's also likely, and maybe more so, that what's happening is that you live in a world that God understands that it was ordered to work a certain way. When certain things happen, that results in pain. And he knows this, and so he makes himself available to you. Did you know that? Again, don't just put this in negative terms. Yes, you make choices that are horrible that sometimes lead to pain in your life. Sometimes you don't have anything to do with it and somebody else makes a choice that comes into your life and it really messes you up. Sometimes you set a goal to achieve something, to accomplish something, and you just fall short of it. And setting that high goal, that was a good thing to do. It was a good thing to pursue, but it didn't work out and now you're left with the pain of that. Sometimes it's the death of somebody that you love. You understand that these things are part of the way the world is ordered to work. This is, this is the way this goes down. And so it's not always God coming and going, I'm going to mess with you and damage you. But it's this happening. There's pain in your life that alerts you that you need to do something. Some adjustment needs to be made. You need to take care of this sort of thing. And then God makes himself available. And I want you to know he has other choices. He's, he's almighty God. He could look at a bad choice that you made and said, you kind of have it coming. I'm going to wait on the sidelines so that you can take this one on the chin for a little while and next time you'll listen to me. He could choose to just avoid you, ignore it. Say, hey, I'm in the middle of this great worship service. People are praising me. I don't want to be bummed out by your negativity. I'm just going to stay away from you. But you know what he chooses? He chooses to make himself available. In your moment of distress, he chooses to come to you looking for a way to move you to a place of freedom. That's what God does. That, that's his First response, he speaks, he woos, he calls. This is not the only place in the scriptures that references this. In Psalm 147, verse 3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted, he binds up their wounds. This, my friends, is God's response to pain over and over and over again. Which is odd because for some reason he's one of the last people we take our pain to. He's one of the last people that we want to tell what's going on in our lives. And I've wondered about this. I've actually, I've tried to think. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for it. There's one big one that I see. We look at that moment of pain in our life and we, and we blame God for that. 
Why did you allow this to happen? Why didn't you protect me from it? Why didn't you keep them alive? Why didn't you do something that would prevented me from experiencing this pain? But my friends, we live in a world that God gave us that was good, and we said that's not good enough for us. We want it our way, and we messed up the whole thing. And now, and now we live in a world that's ordered, like there's order to it, and what that means is sometimes you make a bad choice, and out of that comes pain. And sometimes somebody else makes a bad choice, and out of that comes pain. And sometimes you choose to love deeply, and out of that comes pain. In fact, here, here's what I want you to understand. This is impossible, but let's just think about it for a second. Let's say from this moment forward, for the rest of your life until you die, you don't ever mess up again. No mistake, no sin, no bad choice. You live a perfect life. Despite living a perfect life, you will still experience pain because if you live well, you'll love well, and there will be pain that comes with that. This is just part of the world that we live in. It's part of the world that we created. And yet we blame the one, the only one who has the ability to step in and be a healing force in our life. He could do that. You know what's odd? Uh, there's, there is one other place where that kind of healing is supposed to take place. It's the church. It's how we act and interact with each other. And as soon as I say it, some of you just got like the heebie-jeebies because for you, that was a place where you've been hurt quite a bit. And the last thought you ever have is coming to a place like this where somebody could hear your pain help you wrestle through it and connect with God in a meaningful way. But listen, listen, friends, this is who we are. We are representatives of God in this world. The broken and hurting are to come here. And when they do, they run into people who are broken and hurting as well. But we know what the answer is. And the answer isn't for us to bury it, avoid it, or to just soldier on like, hey, we can handle this. We take this junk to Jesus. And because of that, we're changed. And because of that, there's an opportunity for us to talk with other people about this. You know why people don't come to the church who are broken? One of the reasons, I'm sure there's many, I'm just talking about this one, is that we have a bad relationship with pain. We see people in pain, and we think, maybe they'll learn their lesson. They deserve it. I'm going to wait this one out. They had it coming. Like, we have these thoughts, and we say these things out loud. And you know what we missed? We missed that their pain was also an indication that something was wrong and they needed help. 
And we knew who the help should come from. And we didn't give it. Church, we got to get this right. You, you got to start in your own life getting the perspective of this right. Because if it's not right in your own life, you're going to have a really hard time being gracious and kind to other people. And I, I just want to tell you right now, I'm so thankful that God's first response for me is to say, I'm available. I'm available in your time of distress. I'm here to heal. I'm here to bind up your wound. I'm here for you. That's my move. Uh, ben, would you make your way up here? I, I just want to be real clear about the opportunity that you have before you because I'm, I'm guessing you're like every other normal person in this room and you can look back on a whole bunch of painful episodes that you've experienced in life. Painful episodes that you've just tried to go on, past, and live through and think, I'll just outlive it and I'll be fine. I'm telling you right now, if you don't find a way to have a different relationship with that pain, if you don't realize, if the light doesn't go off, that this is something that has to be dealt with, it will shape and distort your world. You will make decisions and choices based on the pain that you feel in your life that God wanted to heal. And not only that, God will make you available for other people. He'll open you up to understand that, you know what? I know who I went to to get healed. It's this Jesus guy. And you're in the midst of your turmoil. Why don't you walk with me to him? And you become part of the Jesus story. That's, that's who we are. We're part of the Jesus story. But if we don't start thinking differently about this, we'll never get to the other side. What God wants to do is take your pain and over time turn it into a moment of joy for you. Can you believe that? That it doesn't define you, it doesn't warp you, that you're reminded of how available he is for you, how much he loves you, that he's there to wrap up your wounds, to heal you, this is who God is for you. And the band's going to play a song here. And I, I want you to reflect on the fact that God is not done working in your life. He's not done until he brings you through. You will experience pain. Through it, with him, is the only solution. Any other one will distort and mess you up. So I hope you'll listen and just kind of soak in this for a moment. They may ask you to stand and join and sing. When that happens, I ask that you would make that your prayer, that God would come, finish a work in you that would lead to joy.